But uh, the the vodka and seltzer is also known as the drink of the divorced woman. I didn't know that. Yes, because it's it's low calorie. Okay. It's, it, it's it doesn't weigh you down. Doesn't yeah. It's you, like the skinny bitch, kind of the uh, diet coke right, and vodka. Right. Yeah. So I think of like an older white woman with her claw hand on the drink. <laughs> so now I think it's hilarious that they named this white claw. That's I the think white it's, claw. It's the old white the woman. The old like, white woman. I'm gonna lose weight and still get my buzz on. <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Um, no. No, not really. Nothing is. <laughs> okay, I want to kick off with some penis news. This is uh, where we report on... Dicks in the news, penis posts, scrotum stories, uh, dick updates. So this, someone finally wrote an article, and I've wanted to know this. And I've asked men, but I don't know any men who send unsolicited dick pics. So I wanted to know why. They're just not telling me. Yeah, they're just not telling me. Yeah. Um, So yeah, why do they do Why? Okay. Because there's so many. Because you know what? It's like... Every guy that you ask and they say no, you know some of them Somebody have. must be doing it. Otherwise, it's just one guy constantly fi- right. like firing them off. Because, like, every women, woman has received one, no. at least. So these are unsolicited. Some of the gentlemen I talked to had sent dick pics to a partner. Mm-hmm. But that was solicited. Yeah. It wasn't like... It was like kind of... A- oh, I've got a message. Ah! That kind of thing. It was like a sexy, a part of their sex tip mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so it says, fellas, your dick pics might be showing us a lot more than you intended. Psychologists at Pennsylvania State University, good old PSU, are revealing <laughs> the characteristics most associated with men who text unprompted photos of the genitals to women, and it's not good. So, surprise, surprise, men who reported having sent unsolicited pictures of their penis, like surprise dick. Mm-hmm. Um, had higher levels of narcissism mm. and endorsed greater ambivalent and hostile sexism than their other non-sending oh, co- counterparts. counterparts. Okay. Yeah, and this came out in the Journal of Sex Research, which is a well-respected journal, mm-hmm. right? So they res- they collected responses from a thousand and eighty-seven men, which is a large sample size, mm-hmm. um, and who ad- who would admit that they had sent unsolicited images. So okay. they started off with that. Um, and then they answer, had them answer questions related to personality traits, exhibitionism, narcissism, sexism, and openness to sex and sexuality. All of the guys in this survey are heterosexual men. Mm-hmm. They said that the, uh, the norms around um, gay men sending dick pics to each other are completely different. Right. Um, and probably a lot healthier. Yeah. I feel like for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but different. So they weren't considered in the study. But 48% admitted promoting their dick without an invite, suggesting this is a pretty common practice. Uh, Researchers found that questions measuring narcissism and sexism correctly predict whether or not the man has uh, sent their photo around. Mm -hmm. So if they were narcissistic or misogynist, there was a more higher likelihood that they sent the pictures around. Um, They had six categories, categories of motivation, and they found that most men were not sending the pictures to terrorize women. They're and not. that they weren't, it gets better, and they weren't necessarily turned on by it either. Um, 44% saying they were just doing show and tell. Remember that? That's what they're saying? Yes. 
Um, and we determined the most frequent reported motivational category was a transactional mindset. So they're sending this pic, hoping to get a picture back. Like, hey. Yeah. It's like, I'll, like when you're little kids and no, they're like, I'll show you. Show you yours. Yeah, I'll show I'll you show mine. mine. You show me yours. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it said the impulse did not seem to come from a grand misunderstanding. Um, and women tend not to appreciate or reciprocate upon you know, getting these images. So that was for the people who are partner hunting. Mm-hmm. So some people thought, okay, I'll send a picture of a dick, I'll get boobs. Because that's yeah, how, that's how the exchange rate. Nobody. Or someone was thinking, I'll send this dick picture out and I will get a partner from this. This is what people. Who tells them that this is going to happen? Because not, I think it's a very low percentage of women who would be like, yeah, I'm on board with Very that. few. It's that 18% of men reported voluntarily sending uh, the picture for their own gratification. Mm -hmm. So one out of five men enjoyed sending it. Uh, 82% thought that it would excite the women. What? Yeah, narcissists. Okay. And another 50% uh, thought it would make the women feel attractive. Like, I'm going to send her the sweet picture of my scrotum, and then Amy's going to be like, oh, yeah, I know I look good because somebody sent me a dick pic. (laughs) That's, that's the mentality. Oh God. Oh no. um, researchers note that while many men do not intend to cause harm or negative psychological outcomes, their unsolicited schlong sharing suggests they are inherently motivated by sexist and misogynist ideologies. So mm-hmm. even if they're not trying to terrorize somebody with a picture of a mm-hmm. penis, um, they, they think that women are excited by this and want this. That's... And it's just... Guys sitting there coming to their own conclusions. Yes. They don't bother to talk to anybody, get anyone's opinion, That's a part of it, though. That's a part of the... In order to be a bigot or misogynist, you have to be ignorant. Like, you can't have contact. Like, if you're a racist and then you're like, you know what, let me check out the Asian community. Yeah. You'll find yourself not being so much of a bigot, right? So you have to have that barrier. For these dudes, they've never asked a woman. They just assume. They're not really around women. They're not really around women. They don't talk to them. Also, they send people their dick. Like, how many women do you think that they're around and having inter- real interactions yeah, with? Yeah, because they're like, I would like a picture of a vagina. Yes. A, a labia. That's, That's it. Just, I would like that. So, I, therefore, I'm doing it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, a quarter, only a quarter of the men said they prefer receiving a positive response over a negative one. Seventy-five percent, they didn't care. Or they were trying to offend people. Right? Seventy-five percent so didn't care. Either didn't care or were like, Whatever. You know, like... Um, if they're offended, it doesn't it, bother me. Yeah. Um, this, this finding set supports feminist writers who claim the practice is inherently sexist. The issue is not that these men don't understand. It's that they don't care. They just don't they care. They just don't care. Yeah. Um, they said they need to continue to look into it. The dick pic lies at the zeitgeist... No, the intersection of the... Sorry. The dick pic lies at the intersection of the zeitgeist surrounding consent, gender, sexuality, and technology. Further research on the subject could provide insight into a myriad of contemporary topics such as online harassment, online dating culture, and gender relations. Mm -hmm. But pretty interesting stuff. I mean, I don't dispute this, but I just... Yeah, it's a lot of guys not really... Even just talking to a platonic female friend and saying, hey, do you... like? Yeah, they don't, okay. they don't have that kind of 
interaction with women. Yeah. But they still want a partner, and then they they wonder why their relationships are not good. Yeah, and then there's the other guy, the, the version that you just like, hey, man, I want to see some boobs. I'm going to send this dick out. <laughs> like, who's yeah. going to be upset by this? I'm a nice guy. I'm just yeah. trying to see, you know, quick labia. Yeah. <laughs> quick. Quick labia. Quick labia. So, yeah, the real reason why men send unlicited, unsolicited penis pics. This fascinates me. I would like this group to go out and do research as to why people think it's okay to clip nails on the subway. Because I want to know. Mm-hmm. I really want to know why these people think that it's okay. Yeah. When clear, like, all of the signals that I see say it's not okay. Yeah. And, and yet, it's still doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how many articles about something, or how many times does something have to be made fun of or how many times does a comedian have to do a whole bit on something before you realize what you're doing is stank or the worst one of the worst places I saw the nail clipping was jury duty no you did not what sitting there waiting you know for whatever we're in the in the jury pen clip 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 it's never to be done in public yeah period yeah like go to the bathroom if you have to do this you know, and if one, I, in the bathroom when I clip mine, and if one flies and I can't find it, then I'm like, um, no, I'm going to find that one day. Yeah. It's not going to be And pretty. it's not going to be good. And so it's terrifying. It is. Because you don't want, you don't want it to fly. Yeah. And when you find your own clipping later yeah. on, you feel like. You're hoping it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's a best case scenario. Yeah. So you play bass keys, drums, guitar, sing lead or rap, horns too. Looking for a place to go, Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 12. Funkadelic Studios, y'all. The fully equipped rehearsal studio has got everything you need to jam. What you waiting on? 209 West 40th Street. Come one, come all, and you can bring your bandmate, lover, or a friend. Yeah, come prepared to jam. All right, what do you have? Okay. Oh, have you tried a little something called White Claw? No. <laughs> what is it? Oh, my God. White Claw? I tried White is it like Claw. A, is it something for my skin? No. It's for your... <laughs> it's a new kind of alcoholic beverage. Called White Claw? Stop. White Claw. Don't tell me what it is. I want to I guess okay. what it is. Is it a mixed drink in a can? It's in a can. Um, is it a beer or cider? No. It's a malt beverage. No. I'm out. Okay. (laughs) That's all I got. It is a hard seltzer. Okay, okay. I've had hard seltzers before. Okay, so it is... How hard is it? it... (laughs) Well, the thing is that it's not... It's a blend of... No, Seltzer it's not. Water. It's a blend. They're getting really fancy. It's a well. It's a uh, actually, you're right. No, it's a it mix. is a flavored malt beverage. Okay, it's flavored yeah. malt beverage. It's made with a blend of seltzer water. It's gluten free, alcohol base, and a hint of fruit. And hard seltzer comes from fermented sugars derived from the malted gluten free grains. Okay. How? So but is a, it like? How was it? All right, so what did it taste like? What was the well, first of all? What's the white claw referred to? The white claw is the brand. I know that there is like is it like a crab claw or like a talon? You know, I don't know. I don't have one in front of me. Okay, um, but that's just the name of it. There's like a couple of different ones, but this one is now it's the cream it's of the, the big crop one. I feel like after you say white claw, there should be like an eagle noise. Yeah, <laughs> that or I I kind of laugh because. Like, I enjoy a seltzer with vodka. Okay, so do I, yeah. Right. With a lime. So now they have these. 
But uh, the the vodka and seltzer is also known as the drink of the divorced woman. I didn't know that. Yes, because it's it's low calorie. Okay. It's, it, it's it doesn't weigh you down. Doesn't yeah. It's you, like the skinny bitch, the uh, diet coke right, and vodka. Right. Yeah. So I think of like an older white woman with her claw hand on the drink. <laughs> so now I think it's hilarious that they named this white claw. That's I the think white it's, claw. It's the old white the woman. The old like, white woman. I'm gonna lose weight and still get my buzz on. <laughs> From a can. Yeah, so the can is tall and slender. Like a tab? Yeah, but, you know, it just, I looked at it and I was like, that's not enough drink for me. (laughs) I don't know. Yes, because the skinny cans are smaller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should make a tall girl. It's like a foot foot tall, but it's very slender. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so it does taste like a a lightly flavored seltzer with a little bit of alcohol. Some Mm -hmm. people think it tastes more like Windexy, like that alcohol taste. That's the malt part of it, probably. But I, um, yeah, but it's like they're very, very popular. But then guys drinking it make fun of other guys. Why? It's malt liquor, bro. That's where you live. Right? But they, because it's like, it's clear, it's light. Okay. And and it's considered a woman's drink. Really? Okay. Because there is nothing... If you're going to make fun of someone for drinking anything, Mm -hmm. gentlemen, and you can have it be a light beer. Yeah. Nothing offends me more than a natural light light beer. Yeah. (laughs) Light beer. Really. It's like, what are you... Why are you even bothering? It's like 3% alcohol, tastes like shit. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Because it's in a fat can. Yeah, right. It, uh, White Claw is made by the same people that make Mike's Hard. Oh, okay. Brought to you by Mike's Hard. I'm sorry. Wasn't Mike's Hard feminine enough? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah, so it's it's making its way around. They have black cherry, ruby grapefruit, natural lime, raspberry mango, mm-hmm. and pure. How much was it? It's the same as like a beer. Okay. But it's... But it's malt liquor. Yeah. So it's interesting because I ran into our uh, one of our Hey You Know It guests, Chrissy, okay. Chrissy Mayer. Oh, okay, cool. Chrissy was uh, headlining in a comedy show that I happened to attend. Well, I went there to see her. Okay. I was like, oh, you just happened to be <laughs> yeah. there. She shows up. And so while she was waiting to go on, we were sitting near each other, and she had a white claw. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, oh, try it. Okay. <laughs> So she was enjoying a nice white claw. Yeah, before going on. I think it's funny because when we were growing up, malt liquor was only for poor inner city black people. Mm -hmm. And now I see malt liquor out there masquerading. Now they're getting white women to drink it. Yep. Simply by downplaying the fact that it is a malt liquor. Yeah. Because it's the same as Cold 45. You know, it's it's refreshing. Old English. (laughs) (laughs) You know, crazy horse. All that stuff. Yeah. And Chrissy did a great job that night. She was very funny. By Thanks the way, for the white claw. She, yeah, and she has a show now. Oh, really? Called The Wet Spot. Okay. Like a show, like, like a, it's a, a podcast or? It is, it's like a show. I think it's subscription. Okay. Kind of a thing. Cool. We'll have her back on and she could talk about it, but I've seen clips and it looks pretty funny. Very cool. Yeah, I'm not at the vanguard of like finding out what's going on yeah, in the world. I'm pretty bad. So I, I, I want to report a little bit on Bigfoot here. This is some oh my gosh vintage foot, some vintage old, foot, yeah, old fashioned foot. <laughs> there was a man uh, in 2012, a gentleman who described himself as the best Bigfoot tracker in the world, claimed that he shot and killed Bigfoot in Texas. Really? 
Okay. And that he had plans for an international tour where the body would finally be made public and people what could come and have a look at it. Um, he had been tracking the beast since 08, so he tracked it for four years and he killed it in the woods outside of San Antonio. And he claims that he killed an adult and an adolescent, Bigfoot as well. Why was not the media alerted of this? <laughs> so this story I dug up from 2014, but mm-hmm. I'm just bringing it to light today. Oh, okay. Five years later. Because <laughs> it hasn't gotten enough shine. Okay. All right? That's why I said this is a vintage foot. Um, so at the time, the guy said that he was going to do a tour of the creature's body, and he was talking. This, this never happened. But he was talking with a bunch of venues. He said the animal was eight feet tall, four foot wide. Ooh, that's a wide beast. <laughs> it's like a very odd shape. Yeah. Right? Eight feet by four. four feet. <laughs> and it weighed, it's eight by four, and it weighed 800 pounds. Oh. He said the taxidermist had preserved the body so he could take it on a tour. The marketing manager, right, his marketing manager for this tour said, ah, I heard people say it's fake. I haven't seen the body. They haven't seen the body. Nobody's seen the body because there is no body. They haven't studied it. They're just guessing. They're not an expert on what they're talking about. I will have to say that there is. <laughs> so they sent the body to a laboratory at a college in Washington State. The college would not identify itself. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and they studied it. Uh, they scanned it and they did DNA testing. <laughs> Um, and it came back as the animal a, a looks bear? like, yeah, unknown is what they said. Uh, there's no DNA. It came back unknown. It looks like a monster. And so this guy says he took the body on a short tour and it improved the lives of the fans who saw it. Improve? He's bringing, <laughs> he's changing lives with his corpse. How did it improve their lives? What? They... It doesn't say. It just says, um... He, he took the body on tour, and it claims that he improved the lives of people who, who found it. Uh, he said he once found a Bigfoot lair in the trees, uh, and the animal has claws so it can climb. It found the lair in the trees? What does that look like? <laughs> yes. And how does he know it's Bigfoot? Well, he said, because he's been tracking it for four, for years. Um, so he claims... What happens? He, he gets like close enough, and it scurries away? I, I don't understand how he could track it. He claims it he was told about the uh, this lair, mm-hmm. the existence of Bigfoot in the area by some local homeless people. Okay. Um, they said they'd seen it. Could so, it have been a homeless person's lair? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Because people do put things up in the trees for safeguarding yeah. them as a common practice. So the guy, Dyer, he brought ribs from a local Walmart, covered the ribs in deer urine, and then burned them, and then nailed that to a tree to lure the beast. So that was his lure. Oh, oh, wait so a minute. So it's ribs, some short ribs, <laughs> and deer, deer urine, urine, and he burned it, and then he nailed does, it to the tree. What does that do? I don't know, but Why did he have to burn it? The, why, whole, why? The, the homeless people who were living in the woods were like, what the hell is going on? What did he... They're trying to exercise us. Uh, do, tr- I don't they're know. They're like, we almost had some nice ribs. Yeah, <laughs> and then he they covered it with deer, deer urine and burned it. Even the deer urine I was okay with. But when he burned it, um, he said uh, the, it lured the beast to the area. He said his hands went numb. He aimed the gun. And as Bigfoot was ripping the ribs off the tree, he was unable to squeeze off any shots because he was so freaked out. So apparently this Bigfoot came by, took all the ribs, the cornbread. After the- tracking for four years, then you freeze up? So, there's a documentary out there called Shooting Bigfoot. Oh, no. (laughs) 
So the the guys who made it said, you know, he, they did it again. They purchased more ribs. They nailed them to trees, and then when they were filming, it says uh, Bigfoot walked directly in front of them, and then all hell broke loose. Oh, that it okay. <laughs> so how did it? I tracked the creature. I shot it with tears in my eyes. I watched it take its last breath. This is a monster. He said to capture it alive, you would have had the budget that I don't have. So he shot it because he, he didn't, didn't have, have the money he didn't to have take money. it down humanely. Okay. So they asked the game warden locally, Mayor, uh, Major Larry Young, game warden with the Texas Parks and Wildlife, told the Houston Chronicle, it's not a crime to hunt Bigfoot. We don't acknowledge that it exists, but if you wanted to shoot one in the state of Texas, you need a hunting license. Um, yeah, so he, this guy said he felt vindicated that he finally captured Wait, the Bigfoot. Wait, you need a Bigfoot license? No, just hunting. Okay. Just a, he, he said it doesn't exist, but if you want to hunt it, you still need a license. You know, it's like you need like a dragon license. Mm-hmm. And a chupacabra license. All right. That. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Um, he, Dyer says he felt vindicated that he captured Bigfoot. and it, But that was not the first time he claimed to have Bigfoot's body. In mm-hmm. 2008, he said he had it as well. Uh, later turned out to be a rubber ape costume. That's why there was no DNA. They couldn't <laughs> figure it out. But they <laughs> examining the rubber, they were like, we don't know what this is. Dyer said made in that, China on the other side. He said that right before unveiling the Bigfoot, the uh, the gov- a government agency who he doesn't know which one confiscated the body and the evidence. Having already announced it, he said that he took the costume to the press conference because he felt he had to produce something. I like the idea that he's like, I don't have the body, but here's a cost. here's an ape costume. <laughs> He said he doesn't regret the decision because the publicity from that event put him in touch with investors who are now, apparently, now funding his operation full-time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it um, all worked out. Yeah, it's, it's all... He's falling out, basically. Yeah, he, he, he tripped up. I'm very excited. I feel vindicated. There are non-believers, and then there are haters. He <laughs> said, claiming, you know, haters gonna hate, ballers gonna ball, and that apparently <laughs> there are people out there who have personal vendettas against him. Oh, well... Uh, probably Beefro and BCI. Probably Beefro. Probably. Yeah. Um, so how... So Beefro, again, is Bigfoot? The Bigfoot Research Organization. And then I think there's another one that's like BIC, like Bigfoot Investigation Council. Okay. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know you love Beefro. I know. It's just so... I always think of like a little afro. And then there's like Beefro. <laughs> and it's like the next one down. <laughs> Oh, I love uh, Bigfoot news. Always just puts a smile on my face. It's just so ridiculous. I picture like a slim gin with an afro, <laughs> yes, like Bigfoot, and some cutoffs. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just happy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like things are right. Yeah, things are right. Okay, what do you have? Be. Yeah, I have a, a few more quotes that we've been getting wrong. Okay, you know, I just love the way language we. Say things we don't know the origin. Yeah. They usually are rooted in something terrible or some misunderstanding. And I'm at the point now where I just want to use phrases that I know exactly what they mean. Yeah. You know, or make up some new phrases. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because these are terrible. All right, what do you have? All right, so this one is um, anything can go wrong will go wrong. Anything Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. The irony. 
So anything that can go wrong will go wrong. All right, wrong. so we okay. all know that saying. Yeah. There are a different number... The saying, it's a truth. <laughs> There's a number of different versions of the original quote by Edward Murphy, the aerospace engineer who coined the phrase, depending on who you ask. Is that Murphy's Law? No. Okay. George E. Nicholas claimed that Murphy actually said, if that guy has any way of making a mistake, he will. But okay. his son remembered it as, if there's more than one way to do a job, the one of, <laughs> and one of those ways will result in a disaster, then somebody will do it that way. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So it really wasn't that phrase. It's, it, it was like he said something totally different and they changed it to. <laughs> and then they just ran with it. But it's not Murphy's Law, even though no. the guy's name is Murphy. No. All right. Somebody else claimed, um, claimed of the Air Force, we, we do all of our work in consideration of Murphy's Law. Okay. But it was like kind of this idea was going around and it turned into anything that can go wrong will go wrong. But it's no, if you, if there are several ways to do a thing and mm-hmm. one of them will result in a disaster. That guy way. will do it. Yeah. Whoever that guy is. <laughs> yeah. That guy re- removed himself on the proverb early <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and there's another one, which is interesting. The proof is in the pudding. Okay. What does this one mean? Yeah, because we've all said it, right? Yeah, the proof, proof is, is in, in the, the pudding. pudding. Not, not, I mean, you know. Not like all the time. We say it in a, yeah. a fun way, but I mean, it's not a it's something that we I've never understood what it meant. The original, and I'm not a pudding fan. <laughs> the original version uh, goes all the way back to the 14th century, if not earlier. And the misquote was coined in, 19, in the 1920s. Um, let's see. The proof... The, the original clarifies, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Huh. That meant that you had to try out food to know whether it was good. Okay. <laughs> the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've just shortened it. Yeah. But it's, so it's like the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The proof is in, so the everything is in there. Yeah. That you. It's in. I always thought the proof is in the pudding had something to do with getting to the end of the meal. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and there's some kind of a dessert. So I was way off, yeah. basically, is what I'm saying. I like that. The proof yeah, is yeah. in the pudding. And the final one is Hell Hath No Fury, Like a Woman Scorned. Okay. Is this from Shakespeare? Yeah, you would think so. Okay. That's, uh, that's what people are saying. Yes. <laughs> An accomplished 17th and 18th century playwright, um, this became William Congreve's most famous quote. Okay. Okay. However, the Much more famous than William himself. Yeah. <laughs> and the actual line came from his 1697 play, The Morning Bride. Okay. And it goes like this. This is the full <laughs> quote. Heaven has no rage like love to hatred turned, nor hell a fury like a woman scorned. All right, not bad. Okay. I always liked that phrase growing and up. I think it was telling people, don't mess with women. Yeah. Because, you, you know, know, make her mad. Yeah. And you don't know what's going to happen. There'll be hell to pay. Yeah. Heaven has no rage like love to hatred turned. Not bad. What was that guy's name again? William Congreve. Okay. That's probably the third time this year his name has been said. <laughs> William Congreve. <laughs> it's probably the only time it's been said in the past 200 years. Yes. And it's been said three times. It's been said three times. Yeah. So I have some advice on advice. Oh. Advice on advice is a segment where we find advice on the internet that stinks. And it's unqualified. And we improve upon it by giving our advice on advice. Hence, advice on yeah. advice. 
Um, we have a gossip in our organization who is very good. I like someone being called a gossip. You're a gossip. You're um, a gossip. So good that people seem to be unaware of her methods. She uses innuendos, hints, references, and associations that make people look bad. So she's got a repertoire. Mm-hmm. Uh, every conversation with her leaves me with a bad impression of whomever she was talking about. She is so clever about it not being direct, but very indirect. It doesn't sound like she's very clever. Mm. Well, I think she's, this woman has like gotten hip to her job. Okay, uh, it took her some time. Yeah. She, is, she also is afraid for there to be any relationships without her. So she will interrupt any chance she gets if you're talking to someone. I believe she does this so that people will not find out all the lies she has spread. She takes the truth, twists it a little, so it's very hard to pinpoint or nail her down. I tried once to quote-unquote nail her down. (laughs) (laughs) When she she took one event of my co-workers and claimed that it happens all the time by changing a word from singular to plural. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It seems as though people are so naive that this type of person can exist and people don't seem to recognize it or they don't care. I am worried because I have ran, I have run into several people like this during the past year. I have talked to my boss and told her the same thing I've just told you, aware that I would be penalized. I didn't think I had anything to lose because I was going to turn in my notice anyway. How do I deal with this type of person? So this is interesting yeah. because it's someone who is has run into this situation a couple different times, is on the way out, but wants to know how to deal with gossips going forward right. in general. I have never really had this kind of situation. I generally, in most work organizations, I try not to form relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And get, you know what I mean? If it's not, per, if we're not talking about business, we're not talking. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so dealing with gossip, I don't know. What, what's your, what, what kind of gossip is going on? Is she talking about like other people's, I guess, personal stuff it and then sounds, making it like heightening it and making it a little more than what it is? It sounds like she is just changing things slightly. Um, but I don't know what the, I never understand what the goal of people like this is. I find like. I'm going to assume the goal, that... Well, the part of that, when you, do, when you do stuff like that, if you are isolating the person that you're talking about, mm-hmm. and they don't know you're talking about you, what they're doing is being de- de- um, divisive. Yeah, but to what end? It is... Doesn't that usually a, come back on the person who's talking? Not necessarily, because mm-hmm. it's the goal is to make... You can make yourself feel important with yeah. this bit of information. Which is the lowest level of reward. You can <laughs> put a wedge between that relationship, make sure that this other person is not going to get close or is looked mm-hmm. down. I guess you could be on, covering the fact that you're not really doing anything. Like, you could yeah. be trying to start shit... To so, distract. Yeah, like, look at, you know, Jane over there is the one that's oh, the Jane. issue. Yeah. You know? Not me. Yeah. Who hasn't been in all week. Right. It's Jane. It's And so if people don't like Jane now, mm-hmm. you're not the worst one in yeah. the office anymore. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to maintain that? Yeah. But doing that, and you also get to split people up. You get like control over relationships because yeah. you're 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 triangulating. You're getting. I guess I have to... so I put so little importance on that kind of stuff. I couldn't even be bothered, mm-hmm. especially in a, a work context. Mm-hmm. Who cares? 
Like, I don't even want to know my colleagues' last names sometimes, you know. Like, let's just keep it anonymous. Let's call you number three. 3A. <laughs> yeah. So, dealing with gossip. You've described one of the more frustrating events in the workplace! Exclamation point. To answer your question, let's start with why a person would be, and she call, calls her a poop stirrer, which I'm not going to continue to say. A poop stirrer. I know. This is really why I brought in this piece of advice. She keeps referring to the person as a poop stirrer. Oh, come on. <laughs> Someone who stirs the pot? The poop. I didn't realize that was the Me. pot. Is, you is that the pot? That you're you have described someone who appears to suffer from low self-esteem, the office gossip, a.k.a. poop stirrer, is usually the one who feels on some level... Is that a job? Very powerless. Oh. Because yes. that comes from somewhere. There's some kind of origin of that. Nobody's stirring poop. I have no idea. You need to work on that in your segment. That's your segment. Yeah. The words in the water stream, and this point, the words in, like, the toilet water stream. Uh, So what can make a person powerful? You know, this idea that you brought up, people are trying to get information. Uh, This person seems to always be in the know about things going in the office. There's a greater tendency for others to seek her out for the latest tidbit. This gives the poop stirrer the sense of power that she wants and needs, but is unable to get in a legitimate manner. Mm -hmm. Um, so she said that you can effectively deal with people like the person you described the poopster, mm-hmm. uh, in only one way, and that is direct. Okay. She said, take it, to, take it to the head. If you let her know that you're not interested in engaging in harmful conversations about another person, she will leave you alone. In addition, when she is talking with you in a vague manner, <laughs> insist that she clarifies what she's saying. For example, I'm unclear as to what you're saying. Can you be more specific? Tell me what you mean by that. Or you use the plural when you describe the incident. How many times and when did this incident occur? Mm-hmm. Um, if you and your coworkers use this technique consistently, so get everybody on board, Ms. Vagueness will get the message clearly that you will not accept her statements as fact and at face value. This will discourage her from being vague because she knows she'll have to explain further. Interesting. Yeah, right? Yeah, call out somebody. Yeah, I, that's something I never would... Like, I'm giving a thumbs up to this advice. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. And when you call it, because that will stop people from... Yeah. It says, please note the most effective way to deal with it is firmly but politely tell her that you do not want to hear gossip or harmful information. You know, that that stopped me a while ago from generalizing too much. Or I catch myself now when I generalize. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everybody on this train is so... You're no. like, really, it's two people. It's two people. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. And it's you. Yeah. <laughs> You're one you. of those two. Yes. That's getting, <laughs> getting specific about it, right? Yeah. So you catch yourself with these different things. And that, that can kind of help with when you get angry and upset about this... A situation fo- or focus stay. it on something instead of... What is the problem? Yeah, instead, instead of, of broadening like, it. Yeah. I, um, you know, I haven't worked in offices in a long time. And whenever I read things like this, that's one of the reasons why. Who has time for that? You, No one is paying anyone enough money on a job to be engaged in that kind yeah. of shit. Who has time for that? Those are the kind of people that when I was younger, I was like, why aren't they being fired immediately? Because that's how seriously I was, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take a job. Right. You know, it's like, here I am, like, trying to kill myself to get here every day on time and do my eight hours of work. These assholes are, like, gallivanting around. Why are they still here? Yes, I know. I know. I don't, it's probably a good thing that I'm not a boss, because I'd be like, I'm sorry, are you not doing something right now? Get out. I tell you. (laughs) I get out. 
it's this is you know when you're young you see yeah. behaviors yeah. that you're like how why are they what's going on like can everyone just act like this if is this is this the acceptable thing? Yeah. or so, they are they like on their way to be fired? Yeah, like, can I do this or not? So sometimes when I when I read these advice, especially about work, I wonder if it's young, if it's younger people or le- people who have less experience yeah. in that kind of work environment coming in and being authentically shocked by the behavior they see. Yeah. Whereas an older person would be like, "Oh, girl, that happens all the time. Just, yeah, just one gossip. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me guess. You think you're going to talk to your supervisor mm-hmm. about it? All right, what do you have? Hey, you know, it is a free podcast, free of charge, F-O-C. Free as a bird, free, free falling even. Well, it's free for listeners. We put a lot of hard work into this. Editing and online hosting is frankly thirsty work. Gets pretty dry in this studio. And you know we love a taste for white wine. If you like our style, consider buying a gala drink. We've added a PayPal donation button to heyyouknowit.com so you can show us some love with a one-time or recurring donation to cover a little something from the vine. For $5, you'll be hooking us up with a happy hour glass of tasteful white wine, a four-ounce pour. For a 10 spot, we can split a bottle of wine from the bodega across the street. For $15, we can kick it with a jug because who are we kidding? For $25, you'll be making our dreams come true with a box of tasteful white wine concealed with a mylar skin mm, box of wine tales from the campfire all right tales from their campfire is a segment where we find tales on the internet of the supernatural the paranormal ghost stories fake lore folklore and we retell them here around the digital campfire yes it's a carny free episode <laughs> we're not so talking the about freak shows freak shows we're not talking about freak shows you added in freak show yeah what is we had to broaden, you know what, inclusivity. Okay. Well, gather around. Yes. Everybody camper. gather around. Everybody. Carnies as well. Okay. This one is called My Bathroom is Haunted. Okay. Ooh, the haunted commode. <laughs> is it the toilet paper roll is always empty? Yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody switches it so it's from the, the other, other direction. direction. Yeah. Very controversial. My parents' house was made by my uncle and his assistant 30 years ago. And his assistant? <laughs> like his secretary they had a construction company well all right okay the land the house sits on has had piles of trash that they had to get rid of an old barrack and an old barracks that they had to demolish to build the site okay i believe the barracks are the source of the hauntings that go on in the house to the toilet they connected somehow (laughs) there's a pipe system From the barracks to the john and the upstairs. Yeah. These are a few stories that involve one of the bathrooms and one I came out of in the story about my mom's doppelganger. Okay. This is in Texas, by the way. All right. Um, These are not long stories. I'm clumping them all together in this one page. Great. It's a medley. The oldest story I can remember was me sitting on the toilet one afternoon. I'm probably... Is there no better way for people to say... That I don't know if there is. You know what I mean? I was, what I, I was in the bathroom and just wink, wink. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we're probably about 12 here. My mom and dad and sister were in the kitchen, so no one was close to the restroom. I'm sitting there, and I was com- it was completely quiet. <laughs> oh, dear. It's a haunted intestinal tract. Hang on a second. My dad, mom, and sister were all in the kitchen, so no one was close to the restroom. I'm sitting there, and it was completely quiet. I farted, (laughs) and all of a sudden... All hell broke loose. All of a sudden, from the shower, five feet from the toilet, I hear a fart. 
<laughs> this wasn't an echo or an echo as has never happened to me before and has never happened to me after this. So what did you eat? <laughs> like, what was happening that day? The shower curtain was open as well, so nobody was hiding was it in blown? there. It wasn't, like, blown open by the massive... <laughs> Flatulence. I believe it was a ghost being playful or, or making fun of my situation. Really? So it wasn't like an echo because she it, yeah. tooted. And then, and then there was a return to. Like, but in, in a different <clears throat> register. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this story is probably was, the most. It was a B flat. <laughs> I was clearly a C. This story is probably the most scariest to me. I believe I was 13 and it, I, uh, and it was around nine at night. Okay. I went to the bathroom and sat down the toilet to do my business and everything was normal. I finished my stuff and when I tried to get up... (laughs) I completed my tasks. (laughs) And when I tried to get up, a force prevented me from getting up. I was Mm -hmm. being held down and I could feel invisible force putting pressure on my shoulders. Well, you weren't done. (laughs) I tried to get up with all my strength but couldn't even force myself up an inch. I just sat there for a minute, not knowing what to do or what to think. Mm-hmm. And then well, luckily, I, you're on the toilet already, so if anything scary happens, <laughs> yeah, I know, you're, you're covered. covered. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, I, not knowing what to do or what to think, and then I tried to get up again, and it was just, and it was just effortless to get up. I got out of the bathroom, but for the rest of the night, I could feel a tingly sensation on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I should have checked my skin to see if I had any marks, but it was too freaky. Okay. The story takes place from both inside and outside the bathroom. All right. No one is safe. I'm I'm about 14, and this takes place early in the morning while getting ready for school. So my dad was up, too. There's a window in the bathroom and a large pecan tree 20 feet in view from the window. I had taken off my clothes and was getting ready to get in the shower. From outside the house, I heard a lot of whistling and wrestling from inside the tree. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. My dad hears it, and I hear him wake up my mom. They go outside and start praying to drive out whatever these things are. That's their immediate response? (laughs) They had a shotgun, a a pointed stick? I know, I know. No, they went out there, dropped to their knees, and went to an Our Father? It's Texas. Okay. I know. Where was the gun? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I take a super quick shower and put my clothes on to try to see what it is, but by that time it's gone. They said it was... (laughs) <laughs> two big black owl-looking things. Um, Probably black owls. Like lechuza, like a lechuza, a half-witch owl creature from Hispanic culture. Okay. I'm thinking the whistling was trying to lure me out since I was the only one awake other than my dad and the closest one to the window so they could see from the tree. I find it fascinating that people think prayer works in a situation like that. Yeah. Like, you hear somebody rustling in some bushes. <clears throat> you don't pray. I mean, you can pray in addition to arming your... You know? <laughs> like, right, right, right. <laughs> Like, you can mumble to yourself while you're getting ready to defend yourself physically. Yeah. I was probably around 18 for this one, and it was early in the morning when this happened. When I got in the shower and the curtains closed, I usually just stick my hand in the shower and turn it on. Mm -hmm. I don't pull back the curtain. Really? I know. That's weird. That's weird. (laughs) The shower curtain was closed, so I did the same thing. I was going in the shower and pulled back the curtain to get in when a woman started screaming, like if I was a stranger and I broke in her house and interrupted her shower. Okay. It lasted just a few seconds, but it was right in my face and it was super loud. I stood there in disbelief for a few seconds, but I still proceeded to cautiously get in the shower. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I took a super quick shower and got out as fast as I could. 
If I pull back mm-hmm. a shower and a woman screams, I'm just going to say, sorry, wrong room. I'm out. Yeah, I know. I'll come back later. And then the final one, she was about 20, and she'd taken the shower and the, had the towel on the, you know, set the towel on the towel rack just coming out. Mm-hmm. I was coming out of the shower, and I grabbed the towel. As I had the towel on my head drying my hair, a little boy said hi to me. What? I pretended like I didn't hear anything but quickly <laughs> out of there. <laughs> I like her style. Like, I'm just going to keep moving. Yeah. That's bizarre. But it all happened in this bathroom. So what was the thing called? Lechuza? That's something for us to look up. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. L-E-C-H-U-Z-A. And it's a Hispanic... Half witch, uh, half owl. Half witch, half owl. Pretty cool. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. is killing me so he's this person is on the head and it's silent it's quiet yes I farted <laughs> what this is the story was that was that haunted as well this person's ass is haunted Start from the beginning of a sentence. Like, make it easy for me. My dad, mom, and sister were all in the kitchen, so no one was close to the restroom. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I'm sitting there, and it was completely quiet. 